The Devils were outshot. They gave up two shorthanded goals. They were down 3-1 against the best team in the Metro. And yet they still... Wait, they came away with the win? Huh, another team falls victim to the infamous 3-1 lead. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Dawson Mercer deserves a lot better. Either get him uh, back on the same line as Jack Hughes or utilize his talents in a much better way. Buckle up, everybody. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Lockdown Devils podcast here on Lockdown Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credentialed media member, Trey Matthews. So the Devils were able to win their most recent game against the Carolina Hurricanes by a score of 5-3. to three. But let's look at some facts, shall we? They were outshot in this game. They gave up two shorthanded goals. They were down 3-1. And it's worth mentioning that the Carolina Hurricanes are first in the Metropolitan Division, but yet somehow, someway, the Devils were able to walk away with a win. So let's get something out the way. The Devils had no business of winning this game. I hate to sound like a pessimist, but the facts are there. The Devils just uh, somehow, someway, once again, were able to walk away with the win. And I'm certainly not complaining, but hey, this is what good teams have to do, which is sometimes even if you're not having your best outing, you have to find a way to muster up the win because This win uh, puts the Devils only two points behind the Hurricanes for uh, first in the Metro. So like I said in the previous episode, if the Devils go on a mini win streak, they can reclaim the first position in the Metro once again and pick up right where they left off, uh, like in the middle of December. So the Carolina Hurricanes are currently on a four-game winless streak. So uh, this game, once again, for Devils uh, wasn't the prettiest of showings, but they were able to walk away with the victory. So it was, like I said, it's an ugly win, but a win is a win, and the Devils got the two points, and it was definitely somewhat exciting. So we'll talk about Dawson Mercer and his overall big performance in the second segment of today's episode, but let's just give a brief recap of how the game went for New Jersey Devils. So if you need more proof as to how bad the Devils were for the first 40 minutes of the game, according to James Nichols, if you look at the first 40 minutes, the Devils... Not really all that good with the exception of Vitek Vanacek. So if you look at the top line with Nico Heischer, they had a Corsi 4 of 6 and a Corsi against of 9, which results in a Corsi 4 percentage of 40. Then when you look at Jack Hughes's line, they had a Corsi 4 of 3, a Corsi against of 6, which results in a Corsi 4 percentage of 33.33 repeating. And then for the line with uh, Dawson Mercer, uh, Corsi 4 of 3, Corsi against of 13, Corsi 4 percentage, 18.75%. And then for the line with Yegor Sharangovich, Jesper Boquist, and Fabian Zetterlin, Corsi 4 of 0, Corsi against a 6, which results in a Corsi 4 percentage of 0.00. So yeah, the Devils were not good in this overall outing, once again, against the Carolina Hurricanes. And basically, my two-cent opinion, uh, more than halfway done with period number two, I basically just saw the Carolina Hurricanes getting all the good looks. The New Jersey Devils were relying a little too much on VTech Vanacek to keep them in the game. And the Devils couldn't even set up shop in their offensive end because every time they entered their attacking zone, 
it just seemed like the Devils were just chasing after the puck. They were either like clearing it or they were going below the goal line trying to search for the puck. But the Carolina Hurricanes were right there at the right possible time to just maneuver them out of the play, cut off their passing lanes, whatever the case might be. And it just seemed like anytime the Devils were just trying to get into the offensive zone, it was more of just so that they can get out of the defensive end and try to go for a line change. But like I said, they could not set up shop in their offensive end. However, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So after period number one, I was just like, okay, that was a terrible period for the New Jersey Devils. Yes, they were able to walk away uh, with a tie because they gave up a shorthanded goal, obviously. And then Jonas Siegenthaler was able to answer on back. Uh, and it was like the weirdest goal uh, that you'll see all, all year because Jonas Siegenthaler, he was able to just not exactly get it to the back of the net, but he was able to like hit the side of the net. So it went off of Kochakov's uh, leg pads and basically uh, the puck was pressed in between the side of the net and Kochakov's leg pads. So if you're looking at the replay, if you were watching on ESPN, you saw that the puck didn't go uh, find the back of the net but it was actually on the side of the netting. So when they were looking at the instant replay, because at first the referees didn't call the goal, but Jonas Siegenthaler was adamant saying like, hey, I scored that, I scored that, I scored that. And when you're looking at the replay, at first I was just like, there's no way this goal is going to count because I can't even see it go past uh, Kochikov. But at the end of the day, uh, when, when they showed it at a different angle, I was just like, wow, that is a weird shot angle by Jonas Siegenthaler. And uh, if he were to do that play again, I don't think he scores. And he even said it during the intermission that it was just pure luck. But sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And sometimes it's good to be lucky. So um, like I said about this overall game for the Devils, just find a way to get the overall win. So I was just saying, like, if the Devils find a way to win this game, it's one of the weirdest victories all year. Because I told you at the top of the show that uh, the odds were stacked greatly against them. I don't care if they're, they're uh, good on the road. You're playing against one of the best of the best teams in the entire NHL. And they said it many times during the course of the broadcast that the Carolina Hurricanes are Stanley Cup contenders. So the fact that the Devils went into PNC Arena and they were able to have that miraculous comeback really says a lot about their team because it was the first multi-goal comeback in back-to-back -back games since 2001. So the Devils should be very proud of themselves of how they fought back. Now, come period number two, the Devils didn't get their first shot on goal in, like more than halfway done with the period. So I'm just thinking in the back of my head, I'm just like, man, this is an ugly game for the Devils. And to make matters worse, uh, Sharon Govich, uh, when the Hurricanes scored their second goal of the game, Sharon Govich was finally able to score. But unfortunately, it was redirected off of him. So he scored for the Carolina Hurricanes. And like I said, this game was just a, was just chaos. It was not a good showing. The Devils looked quite uh, lackadaisical out there. They looked very flustered. The Carolina Hurricanes looked like they brought their A game, but they just choked their lead away. And then for the final 18 seconds up here at number two, if this were to happen to the Devils, I would just be ripping my hair out because Dawson Mercer was able to score and he cuts the lead to one. And then Jesper Boquist was able to score. And like I said, this happens in a minute frame, and this happened within like an 18 or so second time frame. So I'm just thinking to myself, like, once again, if the Devils were to do this, I would be frustrated. This is not what you see from a Stanley Cup contender. But I am certainly not complaining since it fell into the favor of the Devils. Then come period number three, 
Dawson Mercer was able to score once again. And I think he has a legitimate case for goal of the year because I'll talk more about it in segment two, but that goal was a beauty because he was able to fool one of the best uh, young goalies in the entire NHL. And uh, Kuchikov just had no answer for the Devils as the game progressed. And then Nico Heischer, just like I said, just a completely weird game. Nico Heischer missed the empty netter, but he was still credited with the goal because Stahl got a little too, how would I say it, stick happy. So he would have been assessed a hooking call, but since Kuchikov was pulled from the game to get the extra attacker on the rink, the referees uh, gave Nico Heischer his empty netter goal. So this game was just completely chaotic. I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but it, it was just a, an overall just a, a weird showing from the Devils. And you know what? Sometimes you need a little controversy. Sometimes you need a little chaos. Sometimes you need uh, just kookiness uh, during the course of the season. And that was that was the game for the Devils. That's what described this latest matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. So once again, glad that they came out with, away with the win. But let's try to clean it up a little bit, shall we? So we're going to talk more about Dawson Mercer and his overall great outing momentarily. But first, I want to get you guys hip to a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be happier. I wanted to be healthier. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and abstinence to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. So it's lifestyle is friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best about Athletic Greens is that it uses best of the best product based on the latest science and the constant product iterations and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily in nutritional insurance. And now, I want you guys to make some extra cash, so I'm going to tell you about Bet Online. So get over to betonline.net right now because it's your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Bets for all your betting needs there as well. So the player of the game was obviously Dawson Mercer. Because Dawson Mercer has gone the last 12 games without scoring a goal, and he was able to have his first career multi-goal outing. And it came in a big way. Because once again, something that I've been talking about in the latest episodes is that the Devils have been struggling with their overall depth. And the example that I use uh, quite frequently was the game against the Detroit Red Wings, because once again, you saw Dougie Hamilton get in the mix. Michael McLeod got into the mix. Alexander Holtz also able to score a goal despite struggling throughout the entirety of the season. So I said depth is important for the Devils. And I said maybe it's in their best interest to just switch up the lines just a little bit. Maybe add Eric Halla or Andre Palat to the bottom six 
one of those two just to give yourself more options up and down your lineup. Now, in the previous episode, I talked about how Lindy Ruff put Sharon Govich and Dawson Mercer on the same line as Jack Hughes during the course of a recent Devils practice. And then uh, he moved Eric Holland, Andre Palat to the third line. So I thought this was the line combination that he was going to roll out to start this game against the Carolina Hurricanes. But he rolled with the exact same lines that he's been rolling with the past uh, few games. So I'm just like, okay, you're setting yourself up for failure, failure once again because the problem is the Devils are still too top-heavy. Now, if the Devils ended up losing this game, you would probably hear me uh, just preach the same tune. But since they came away with the win, let's just talk about the importance of depth. So Dawson Mercer, like I said, he had a big game. And he was able to score within the final minute or so of period number two to cut the lead to one. And then in period number three, he was able to get the game-winning goal and I, I, like I said, I think he has a case for goal of the year because here's how he did it. He was just uh, out in the open. He was going deep on in. Kuchikov, I'm sure Kuchikov would, would make that stop like like either eight or nine times out of ten. But Dawson Mercer was smart. So he uh, just let the puck go off his uh, stick just a little bit. Then he was able to regain control of it once again, which fooled Kuchikov and found the back of the net. So Dawson Mercer played brilliant in this matchup for Devils, but you're hiding him and his overall production. Now, here's the thing. He's paired alongside with Michael McLeod and Miles Wood. So Lindy Ruff said postgame that he put Dawson Mercer on that line by complete accident. Now, usually accidents can sometimes be good and sometimes it doesn't come back to bite you, but you're not utilizing the overall skill of Dawson Mercer. So something I talked about in the last episode is that I think his confidence is a little shaken because he's not being given a fair opportunity to showcase what he is capable of doing. And the same can be said for Yegor Sharangovich. But the focus is Dawson Mercer. So you need to get him off that line because you're trying to put him into the same role as Nathan Bastion. Doesn't really make much sense because Nathan Bastion and Dawson Mercer played two completely different games. So for Nathan Bastion, I said in the previous episode, he's sort of like the goal goblin, which is he stays in front of the net and he tries to redirect it on in. That's his job. But in this game, especially that second goal, you see the overall potential for Dawson Mercer, which is he's able to just uh, have a lot of razzle-dazzle out there. I saw a tweet just uh, linger around saying, like, Dawson Mercer looked like Jack Hughes a little bit. So that's the overall ceiling for, for Dawson Mercer. Maybe not to the same essence of Jack Hughes, but he shows you glimpses of it time to time. So like I just said moments ago, he has gone on a 12-game scoreless streak. This was his first multi-goal outing of his career. So this should really wake up Lindy Ruff because give him some more options. Help him out because Dawson Mercer is right now wasted. So Dawson Mercer deserves a little bit better. And I think this is going to be a big confidence booster for him. So once again, the Devils had odds stacked greatly against them, but yet they were still able to walk away with the win. That is impressive. And it's worth mentioning that Dawson Mercer has actually been doing pretty decent the last couple games because I said in the previous episode, he won his two face-offs in the game against the New York Rangers because a lot of you were concerned saying like, Trey, if Eric Halla isn't on the same line as Jack Hughes, who's going to do the face-offs? Because you don't want Jack Hughes to do it. But I just said, Dawson Mercer, he did pretty well in that category against the Rangers and he was practicing it too. So I, I, I have no problem with Dawson Mercer uh, drawing face-offs, quite honestly. And he also got the primary assist on Jack Hughes' second goal that game. 
So it, I, I'm a little confused as to what Lindy Ruff is trying to do. So was it just an experiment? It seemed like the ex experiment was a success because I saw a tweet from Amanda Stein during the course of the practice that the line that consisted of Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer, and Yegor Sharangovich playing together once again, they were able to uh, score. So don't you want to carry that momentum over into like a, a big uh, matchup against a, a team like the Carolina Hurricanes? So that's my overall thing. Dawson Mercer was phenomenal in this game. And I think he deserves a lot more respect. And I also want to give credit to Jesper Boquist because Jesper Boquist was able to get the game tying goal. So uh, it was just overall great depth from the New Jersey Devils. And this is what I'm talking about. Depth is essential because, uh, yes, Nico Heischer was able to get the empty netter. But Jesper Bratt, he had a, a shot that went off the poles. Same with Jack Hughes. So both of them were robbed in this game by the net once again so it's just like you you can't keep relying on your three best players i'm not saying that brad hughes and he sure can't lead a team because obviously they can this is why the devils are second in the metro but you can't just put like 100 of your trust in them because they need help too even the best of the best players need some sort of help because do you really want the devils to end up like the edmonton oilers where you have two really good players so they have Connor mcdavid they have leon drysdale but why are the Edmonton Oilers never favorites to win the Stanley Cup? Is because both those players don't have much help. So you're relying too much on McDavid. You're relying too much on Drysdale. So that's why depth is essential. And remember, McDavid and Drysdale, they're best of the best. Connor McDavid is one of the best to ever play this game. And yet the fact that the Edmonton Oilers uh, for the last few years are never favorites to win the Stanley Cup should really say something. So that's why it's important to have depth up and down your lineup. I remember Chrissy Flannery gave the same example when she appeared on this show over the summer. So Dawson Mercer, Jesper Boquist, tip of the cap to them. And I know that Vitek Vanacek wasn't one of the stars of this game. Uh, Sebastian Ajo got the uh, third uh, star of the game honors. But Vitek Vanacek deserved to be one of the stars of the game. So Dawson Mercer was the first star. Then it was Jesper Boquist. And then it was Sebastian Ajo or someone we don't care about. But Vitek Vanacek was phenomenal in this game because I literally told you guys early on in this episode what Vitek Vanacek was doing. He was keeping the team in the game because quite honestly, if we have Mackenzie Blackwood out there, I think the Devils already lost this game, quite honestly, especially towards the end of period number one. And for most of period number two, you saw the Carolina Hurricanes. They came out guns blazing and they were getting a lot of shots on uh, VTech Vancheck, but he was robbing them point blank. And you could make an argument saying that three of those goals that Carolina scored wasn't really Vancheck's fault because two were shorthanded. So that's on uh, the Devils for not capitalizing on the man advantage. And then Sharon Govich just redirected it off of his own body and scored on his own goalie. So VTech Vancheck, even though it doesn't do him justice in the score sheet, I still think VTech Vancheck was phenomenal in this game and really kept the Devils in it. So and once again, the Devils were outshot in this game and they had no business of winning it, but they were able to walk away with it. So I'm not going to complain. So like we do with every episode, I'm going to look at the final stats and then give a letter grade. So shots on goal differential, 28 to 22 in favor of the Hurricanes. Faceoff percentage, Hurricanes won that department, 55% to 45%. Power play, Devils were 0 for 4 and they gave up two shorthanded goals. Hurricanes were 0 for 3, but I told you about the shorthanded goal situation just now. Hits 25 to 22 in favor of the Devils. Blocks 28 to 10 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Hurricanes led the department 7 to 4. 
So here's the thing. I was actually talking to my buddy, Jersey Joe, about uh, letter grades for this episode. And he thinks the Devils deserve a, a bit of a high grade because the Devils did beat the best team in the Metro. And they were able to, let's face it, come away with the upset victory because despite the Hurricanes losing three straight going into this matchup, I'm sure they were still the favorites because the previous two matchups, they beat the Devils or uh, they beat the Devils once in regulation and, the, and then the other one into a shootout. But nonetheless, it's just like the Devils definitely had their work cut out for them. But um, that may be true. But at the same time, like I said, they, they had no business of winning this game. You saw the numbers from James Nichols and they gave up two shorthanded goals. They were outshot. They didn't play their best brand of hockey like halfway through the game. Uh, it seemed it seemed like that they were just living on a prayer uh, of just trying to keep themselves in the game. They were relying too much on BTEC Manichek. So I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to give them a C. That might be a little harsh, but for any of you who have taken a math class, you know how you get the right answer, but you took the wrong steps to get it. And the teacher still docked points despite you getting the correct answer. So the Devils may have uh, gotten the win, but how they got the win is what I'm factoring in. So that's why I docked them a few points because they're so much better than that. They're capable of so much better. And yeah, so I have to dock them points in that regard. So am I being a little too harsh? Well, let me know what you guys think about this overall outing for Devils. Let me know what you guys think, how the Devils should uh, approach uh, the, this uh, lengthy road trip. And uh, like I said, Devils go on a mini win streak. They could be back in first in the Metro and just pick up right where they left off uh, come mid-December. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So once again, an ugly victory, but a win is a win, and I'm not going to complain. So as I say to close out every episode, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. Hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4, or the show's Twitter page, at LockedOnDevils. Keep your ears and eyes out because I might do a giveaway in the near future. So I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.